This is the Final Whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Wrexham 2, Aldershot Town 0. Wrexham go back on top of the table after Notts County drop points at home to Yeovil. And this was, just like our last home league game against Maidenhead, a lot easier than the scoreline suggested. Aldershot kept very much at arm's length. They had two chances, really, in the match. One of them when it was 2-0, which was of our own making. And the other one in, in the, well, the last minute of the game when they hit the bar. But there was never any sense that could have led to a, a renaissance for them. The question for Wrexham, why did we only score two goals? But that's a minor gripe, in all honesty, because this was a spectacular performance again. Wrexham at home. Uh, looking absolutely terrifying and this was a game which was played completely in the comfort zone with some very high levels of performance and also I've got to say some very very ambitious and high levels of attacking interaction this this was impressive again might not have been you know seven goals six goals but it was tasting Wrexham made two changes and it was to reverse the changes of last Saturday of course Bryce Susanna and Aaron Hayden weren't able to take their places in the team but they were recovered and did start so Tom O'Connor made his way uh, out of the side and centre back and Liam McElinden also joined him on the bench they would both come on later on and Aldershot now credit to them looked to control possession looked to move forwards were quite positive in the way they tried to press us in, in our half in the, the early stages, but weren't really getting close enough to make life difficult for us. Um, took us a little bit of time to, to get a grip on the game, but not so much that you'd be concerned by it. And once the pattern of the game was set, like I said, the only real question was, why did we only score two goals? We ought to have gone ahead in the ninth minute. Luke Young corner and Ollie Palmer, the near post just outside the six-yard box, Managed to get up comfortably to ahead of any defender, and he knew you could see from his reaction he should have done better than to head the ball over. A couple of minutes later, another near thing, and it's got to be said that Ashby Hammond in goal for uh, Aldershot was superb. His last match before in, in, he was missed the previous game because of injury, he let in six at Torquay. Well, well, he was magnificent in this game. The Maidenhead game had that similarity as well, didn't they, with the goalkeeper who played out of his skin. Not totally convinced that was evidence that uh, Andre, the Maidenhead keeper, was a great goalie. Tell you what, though, I think <laughs> Luca Ashby Hammond is. He looks very, very tasty indeed. And he made a marvellous save to deny Elliot Lee. Not the last time he'd do that either in the 12th minute. Uh, ball switched by Hosanna to Lee, who cut inside from the right-hand side. And I think got a bit lucky. When I was commentating, I thought he nutmegged his man. But looking back at it again, it was an odd little passage of play. He cut inside. Cordner came out from the back four to try and beat him to the ball did beat him to the ball, should have brought the ball clear or cleared it, and then just as he was about to address it, he went down like there was a sniper in the stands. I don't know what was going on. There was no one near him. He just sort of stumbled, and Lee was able to make it, nudge it past him, and rip a terrific right-footed curler from about 20 yards, which was heading into the top right corner until Ashby Hammond intervened with a, a brilliant, sprawling save. The corner came in, and bobbled around in the goal mouth for a bit before it came out to James Jones, who struck the ball very well, just couldn't quite keep it down, and it seared over the bar. Halfway through the half, Wrexham pushing on. Another opportunity. This one, well, I've got to say, 
the camera guys who film it recorded their notes and just put Toza Aldinho for this. It was beautiful skill. Toza was up from a set piece. The ball was cleared. Young pinged an excellent pass down the right over the top of the defence. Toza, one-on-one with the keeper, but in a very tight angle, took it amazingly on his chest as it dropped over his shoulder and then attempted the most delicate flick over the keeper, which agonisingly drifted over him across the goal and just narrowly wide of the far post. It would have been a hell of a goal. And he was desperately unlucky. And at this point, yeah, okay, the only sense of jeopardy in the game, in a way I would say came now, in that you're thinking, we're quartered away through the game. We have complete control. We're having spells of intense pressure. Aldershot are fighting hard to defend their penalty area. We haven't scored yet. There's going to come a point in one of these games where, despite being well on top, we actually don't score. And what happens then? However, let's be honest, the odds favour us in these situations. You suspect that the goal will come. And it did come in the 28th minute. And it was worth the wait. Toza, right by his own corner flag, putting a good ball up to the halfway line for Palmer to fight for. Palmer flicked it on nicely. And that found Mullen. The ball coming to him at head height. Tight on the right touchline with absolutely no support. So obviously, it's a great chance. At least there is when you're Paul Mullen. What a hit. What a goal by him. He flicks it on beyond his marker, who got a bit too tight. It drops behind him. Mullen, quick as a flash, has spun and got there ahead of that marker, Phillips. Phillips tries to keep up with Mullen as he runs first down the right flank and then cuts inside decisively to get in the box. A brilliant run with the defender on his back all the way. The keeper comes out and gets his angles right. And from a tight angle, those good angles of the keeper just don't matter because Mullen chips a beauty over him and wrecks him ahead. A fine goal, a fine run, a fine finish. And as I said in the commentary, there's very few teams ever in the National League having a striker who can turn those sort of situations into goals. Mullen, again, just showing his remarkable value to us. Within a minute, he could easily have had a second as well, as Palmer and the centre circle did ever so well, to turn two men and then try and play a through ball. Aldershot's defensive shape was absolutely gone. There was a huge gap in the middle of their defence. Palmer tried to roll Mullen in. He would have been totally clear on goal. Cordner did really well to come across to make a covering tackle. He seems to commit himself a bit too early though he went to ground too early and looked to me like he wasn't going to make it but somehow he just about managed to sneak out of foot and stop Mullen from having a, a very straightforward chance to take on the keeper I'm praising Mullen but I've got to say the interplay in general was superb Mullen, Palmer and Lee were all on the same wavelength knocking the ball around lovely passing and moving the three of them on fire and I would add McFadgen into that, actually. McFadgen absolutely loving his role coming up and down the left-hand side. They're bursting into space, playing those cute little first-time round-the-corner passes to those three creative players. They are spectacular. The only thing is, why are we not <laughs> getting so many goals from it? We had another chance because, of course, we're also very good from set pieces in the 32nd minute, and that really should have been a goal as well. Young sweeping a great corner in, Tunnicliffe getting up in front of the keeper, heading it over the bar from six yards out. And to be honest, I mean, what a chance. Essentially, as long as he gets on top of his header, it's a goal. He's got virtually an open goal to put it into. So again, like Palmer earlier, frustrated not to capitalise on Young's good set-piece delivery. 
Soon afterwards, another moment of danger. Toza's throw-ins were causing confusion. The ball was partly cleared. Mullin, on the edge of the area, hit a good volley, which went just over the bar. But then in the 38th minute came the inevitable second goal. The ugliest goal in the history of football. But it counts just as much as Mullins did. Again, Wrexham putting pressure in from a set piece. Another Toza throw. Again, a struggle to deal with this. And it ends up brilliantly with a crowded six-yard box and Palmer with the ball stuck at his feet and defenders, piles and piles of defenders. It was like a battle scene from Game of Thrones. Everyone's jumping onto somebody. Piles of them just like hurling themselves onto the ball. And Palmer, just through his sheer strength, refusing to let them deny him. It's such an odd situation. It's so rare you see something like this. Where Palmer is a mere couple of yards out from goal. He's thinking, it's at his feet, he's got to score. But actually, it's almost impossible to score because there's just... There's flesh in the way. He can't get his way through them. They're, they're all piling up in front of him. It, it was a bizarre situation. Those sort of close-range goal scrambles, everyone gets excited by and Yeah, they, they are dramatic moments. They so rarely result in a goal. This one does and maybe should have rolled in the goal moments before it did because the ball squirts out after Palmer's heroic work to Mullen, who, for me... Should have scored, really. It's a tight angle, but he's in the six-yard box. The keeper's nowhere to be seen. And as long as he puts her on target, he'd think he scores. He volleys it. A cross goal. It might have been sneaking in the far post, to be fair. Defender makes a remarkable clearance off the line, off balance. But all he can do is stop it on the goal line for James Jones to run in and score the easiest goal any professional footballer has ever scored. The ball just sitting there about a foot off the line in front of a complete open goal. He just lashed it gleefully in. And Wrexham were 2-0 up and, well, like I said, in the comfort zone all along, really, but in a very, very comfortable zone now, very much in the, the soft, comfy sofa uh, as they wander around the showroom. Half-time comes, still 2-0, still comfortable, bit of a dark cloud on the horizon that Hosanna doesn't come out for the second half let's hope that was precautionary uh, McAlinden comes on in his place and within a minute of the restart really should have been three James Jones bursting tremendously down the right hand side pulling the ball back and Palmer arriving just outside the six yard box at the near post auto scores but side foots it over the bar four minutes later Palmer again, incredibly close, incredibly close. Another scramble in the box from a set piece. The ball coming out to Palmer, who from a virtually impossible angle on the left, nails a terrific volley, which is going in. A spectacular defensive header off the line denies him. And Aldershot clear. And after their breakaway breaks down, our hand is a good chance to pull the goal back. Howard, with the ball in his hands, like at the time I was thinking, what, what's up? What's he doing? I can see exactly what he's doing. I haven't looked at the replay. McFadden's making a great run. If Howard finds him with a throw, and Howard's distribution is excellent, so he's right to back himself, then Aldershot are wide open. They've committed players up the pitch. But he got it wrong and just threw it straight to Glover, who was by some distance Aldershot's best player. He drove into the edge of the area. Now, again, I must admit, at the time, this looked like a great chance, which he didn't quite take advantage of. Howard saves it low to his right. To be fair to Glover, looking at it from the other angle, it's not quite as clear because of chance as it appears. Uh, defensive cover arrives very quickly for Exum, so he has to hit it on the edge of the box when he would have rather brought it in closer and make it into a, a proper one-on-one. -on -one. Good work by Howard to get down low to his right and a decent save. Uh, but yeah, I think 
the eye test said great chance the video maybe contradicts that a touch. Within minutes, Ashby Hammond is really showing us what a save looks like. That was a remarkable piece of play. Lee again looking so good in that that area between the lines, you know, between 20, 30 yards out, finding a bit of space, beating people all through the game. He was getting the ball, taking people on and beating them quite easily. He beats a man, pops it out to McAlinden on the right-hand side. McAlinden gets it back onto his left foot, taking on his man, and then chips a nice ball into the 86-yard box. And Lee does tremendously to get up and beat his marker and from close range, heads it into the net. Except he didn't. I called it as a goal in the commentary. The crowd roll up. Everyone thought he'd scored somehow from close range. And please let me emphasise, this is not, I don't think, even though it's so close in a missed chance by Lee, because he does well to time his jump. He beats a bigger player in the air and he meets it with a meaty header up into the top right corner. And somehow Ashby Hammond hurls himself and claws the ball out as it's about to cross the line and pulls off the most ridiculous save. Brilliant work by the keeper. Soon after that, there's another half chance for Aldershot. This time it's Amaluthorpe, who probably was the next best player for Aldershot. He faded a bit, but he looked quite lively between the lines. Doing well to put a cross in. And from just outside the six-yard box, it looked like Willard was going to score. McFadgen did well to put him under pressure. But he still got a good contact on it and lashed it over the bar. So another half chance for Aldershot. Within a minute, again, here's a phrase I'm overusing. I'll be suffering from repetitive strain injuries soon. It should have been another goal to Wrexham. This time down to the referee, Andrew Miller, not a player being profligate. A lovely little hooked ball by McFadgen. Just have a look back on the highlights. It's one of those those moments that sort of pass you by. I didn't notice it at the time, but looking at the video, uh, McFadgen's enjoying himself with the ball at his feet. He hooks this little ball round his man to find Palmer running down the left channel in the box. Giles Phillips gets touched tight and grabs an arm round him. Palmer's just far too strong for him and turns him. So Phillips grabs him again with both hands and pulls his shirt back. He's still not able to stop Palmer. So he has to make a third grab at Palmer's shirt and haul him in. Palmer's still going, but now the shooting chance is gone because he's getting tugged around so much and he can't get away from Phillips because Phillips is just clinging on to him and holding on like a meat cape. And so Palmer, <laughs> I quite enjoyed this, <laughs> if it wasn't comfortable this game I might not have done while still playing berates the referee so he's holding Phillips off and does two good shouty moments gesticulating at the referee um who doesn't give the penalty um it's a penalty it's a penalty there's there's no there's no analysis Palmer was too strong and too good for Phillips beats him in the box and doesn't get a shot off because Phillips just holds on to him and stops him. It's a penalty. This is not a debating issue. It's a penalty. How the ref, who was in a decent position, didn't see it. There was a point looking at it, you know, I don't want to try and I want to try and be fair, where a defender is between his view of the incident and him. But it carries on for about five seconds. So yes, there's a point where his view is a little obstructed. But there's most of the incident where his view is not obstructed. Come on, ref. Come on, son. Anyway, Wrexham just keep going. Nearly again. Get a breakthrough two minutes later. This was one of those where you just thought, oh, in some ways it summed up, not the game, the game was Wrexham dominating, but the fact that we only got two goals in a game we played so well in. It just, just 
you don't want to point a finger at anyone. You can't say someone's done badly, but just things just going an inch away from where they ought to have been, just a, an inch away from scoring. Palmer doing brilliantly on the right-hand side. Mullen making a great run down the left channel, and Palmer just shaping a ball round to the last defender, which looks like it's put Mullen in with a, a finish on a plate 10 yards out. Mullen just can't quite reach it. We're talking about fractions here. Um, did Palmer put too much on the pass? Maybe, but it's a lovely ball sweeping around the man. Did, could Mullen maybe have got there and just didn't quite get his feet sorted? I think maybe so. But it's like you can't, it's hard to point a finger at either of them. It's just very nearly perfect. And a lot of Wrexham's attacking play was like that. Actually, that led to a little lull for the rest of the game. The game felt one. It felt one once it was one nil. If I'm totally honest, and so for the last half hour or so, the pace goes down, and although Wrexham continue to dominate, we don't really make so many chances. There was an outrageous attempt by Luke Young, Ashby Hammond's one edgy moment. He was a good striker of the ball, actually. Ashby Hammond as well. His kicking and his throwing were good, but he came out of the left corner flag to deal with the ball, and for once, weakly hit it to Luke Young. It was about 40 yards out. He was only just inside the Aldershot half, but the keeper was rushing back. He was still outside the box when Young, I think, rightly decided, I'm going to have a shot from here. And let's be honest, Luke Young's the sort of bloke who can kick the ball a long way, as the coaching manuals say. Stop me if I get too technical. Um, he didn't get hold of it, ironically. <laughs> and just sort of shanked it a bit, and it bounced wide of the open goal. Uh, not a missed chance as such. It would be the hell of a goal if he'd nailed it. Um, but Luke Young's probably the man you'd want more than anybody to try and nail that shot. He'd probably be a little disappointed he didn't manage to get a, 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 the mother of all long-range goals to add to his CV at Wrexham. Within a minute, there was another opportunity. Could have been a Luke Young opportunity. A free kick centrally, about 25 yards out. A good distance. Uh, Young, you'd have thought, might have hit it, but Mullen took it. Mullen's interesting on free kicks, isn't he? Because... From the very st start of him coming to Wrexham, he could see he wanted to take free kicks. It was always typical at the start of last season, Mullen, Davis, Young would be on the set pieces. But the thing is, of course, that Davis is, Jordan Davis, phenomenal on set pieces when it comes to shooting on free kicks. And also Luke Young's very good at it too. And so Mullen tended to get pulled off and not very often used for direct free kicks. But he went for this one. When I've seen Mullen take free kicks, well, okay, firstly, I'm going to be frank, I've not seen many that have looked terribly threatening. And secondly, they've tended to be a bit closer in. He's looking for the more finesse option of flicking it over the wall and trying to dip it back down. This one he nailed. It was a great strike from a good distance. And it was going into the top right corner. Again, Ashby Hammond does really well. Very athletic, jumping high and catching the ball, not just pushing it away. Good work by the keeper. Wrexham kept... Push it on, we're in control. Mullen feeding lead, hits a good 25-yarder, which again, Ashby Hammond's held on to well, low down. And Wrexham made a couple of changes then. Tom O'Connor relieved James Jones, who had a very good game in the middle and deserved a 12-minute rest. Sam Dolby came on three minutes from the end, Mullen getting a standing ovation that he fully deserved. O'Connor had some good controlling moments in midfield, and... Dolby was lively up front in the short spell that he had. O'Connor played on the left of the three with Lee on the right and O'Connor got into a couple of nice positions and there was a moment in the last minute, one last chance for a goal, but it was for Aldershot. Amelazar again doing well, feeding it into the channel. By this point, inexplicably Glover had been substituted and Effiong, the big target man, 
struck a shot in the left channel about 10 yards out. I think it might have taken a heavy deflection off Tozer, who was touch tight and getting a foot in. I'm not sure, but it zipped over Howard. I thought, again, I wondered if Howard got a touch. He didn't. Hit the bar and bounced back down again. But it was an isolated moment. It felt more like if that had gone in, we'd have been angry not to have kept the clean sheet. Wrexham 1-2-0 could have been a great deal more. It was it was a terrific show. Just a shame to have more goals to show for it. Not much of a shame, though. Let's be honest. Looking through the performances, yeah, Howard actually made a save. How many times lately have I said Howard had not much to do? Is that Am I right? Five clean sheets and six goals games off the top of my head? And the last goal we've conceded in open play at home in the league was Barnet. <laughs> we've let in two goals to Blythe since and then a penalty which was a dubious one to say the least against Halifax so yeah we are looking very solid aren't we going through the back three again the back three were impressive now Hayden coming back from an injury gets himself up against perhaps the most physical challenge a centre-back's going to have in the National League in the Effiong is a big unit he's like a big centre-forward with a small block of flats welded on top He's huge, he's broad, he's very strong, he's very good in the air. And if you have a look on YouTube, you'll see Aldershot's goal from last Saturday when he lost to Maidenhead. He scored the goal. I mean, it's classic National League refing. It's, it never should have been allowed, but it does give an indication of his physical advantage over other players. He, he gets a bit of momentum going, driving down a left channel. And as he gets that momentum going, a defender steps across and blocks him from the ball. He just barges him in the back, it's a blatant foul, the ref doesn't give it, and he hits it, but he's got that in his locker as well, he's not quick as such, but he can get momentum going, and then he's like the boulder in Raids of the Lost Ark, it's really hard to stop him, his momentum is terrific, Hayden handled him like he was a little five foot four fella, <laughs> it was just beautiful, I mean it was physical, and I'm sure that he got knocked about a bit Hayden, welcome back to the first team mate, but oh, Hayden was brilliant the way he handled him. He was he, he did make it look like Effiong was physically outmatched. That's 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 an achievement, believe me. Tozer again, excellent defensively, and had some real moments going forwards. If only that goal had gone in. Oh my word! And Tunnicliffe, Mendes quietly efficient once more. I would say maybe had a couple of little moments at the start that he, he might have done a little better with, but nothing major. And then yeah, just just. Tunnicliffe was an extremely impressive central defender, isn't he? The wing-backs. McFadgen was superb. Fast, relishing in the interplay. He is, to use the 1990s vernacular, on the sly, a bit of a baller, actually, isn't he? He really enjoys the little tricks, flicking the ball over his man's head and rushing onto the other side of it. And he was terrific. He showed some real pace. I always thought he was quite quick. But there were a couple of points where he really put the foot down, his foot down and just surged past people like they weren't there. Uh, he was excellent going forwards and, and perfectly sound at the back. Although he had a, a real battle against Glover, who, like I said, I, I thought was terrific for Aldershot. And he did pose some issues and did get past McFadden a couple of times. But it was nothing to be concerned by, I would say. Uh, so very impressive for McFadden. On the right... Hosanna had a good first half and then came off injured, of course, which was a shame. He was getting forwards well. He was using the ball well as well when he cut inside. And McElhinden in the second half, had, I've got to be honest, had a funny sort of game. Uh, he, he did make mistakes. He did lose the ball a couple of times. He, he had some good moments as well. 
maybe the most frustrating thing for him was that he was getting into very good attacking positions and maybe wasn't quite acting as quickly as some of the other players were. So, you know, we have some very fast interchanges that were bewildering the defenders and creating space and pulling them around. But McIlindon tends to more want to take a few touches, come inside, engage with a defender, and by which point they got their shape back a bit. So maybe that was a little bit of a shame, although his chip in for Lee was a beauty for that headed chance that Lee had, and I don't want to be overly critical of him. I mean, let's be honest here, he, he did a good job in a good attacking performance. He also had a very good moment defensively when Aldershot brought on a sub, Obi Alpha, who was fast. It's okay, you've brought on your fast, wide attacking player as a sub, um, and he got the ball from McAlinden on the halfway line, knocked it down the line and decided to use his sheer pace. And McAlinden's pace got him out of trouble. It was an excellent race between the two of them. And McAlinden, obviously, because he'd lost the ball and had to turn, gave about a yard head start to Alpha and beat him to the ball. It was a great piece of defending and showed the value of his speed. So, yeah, I don't want to call him out too much on that. Um, but he did get into a few good positions out wide and not get the ball in maybe as he'd like to or didn't get the ball in. Midfield. Again, very, very impressive. Luke Young, absolutely everywhere. And his use of the ball was so good. That first touch he has when he sort of puts momentum into an attack, when the ball's fizzed at him, often by a clearance. And he not only has the perfect touch, but he pushes it in front of him, accelerates onto it, and it just puts defenders on red alert. And the Wrexham players start to move it. I love it when he drives forwards like that. He did it a few times in this game. He was constantly, his passing was, was meticulous the way he was passing, putting these ambitious balls forwards accurately with good weight to feet. I mean, he really was excellent. James Jones again, I mean, just absolute metronomic non-stop. Again, some real surges of pace to go around the outside and drag defenders out of position. And I emphasise again, it's often things he does when he doesn't get the ball that are useful because his off-the-ball movement is so good, his pace is so good, his intent is so menacing that defenders have got to go and cover him, and he makes space for other players. Did a good go had a good game, Jones. And then Lee um, was, well, I've seen people online saying, is that his best game for Wrexham? He had a few games where he's looked impressive, but it may well have been. He looked very good. His adaptation to the deeper position, playing in the three rather than behind the strikers, is excellent. I still feel a little edgy when he dives in with the tackles, although he did that, he stayed on his feet a bit more in this game. But no question, he covers back really well. He's very diligent. He does win the ball back. And his confidence on the ball, his ability to create space and his ability to find space are excellent. He'll look at this game, I think, and think, we lived in the other side's half. It was exactly my sort of game. And I've got nothing out of it. I've not got a goal. I've not got an assist. And I think he may look at it and be hard on himself and say, yeah, that's the sort of game that I've been brought in to win, if you will. But to be fair to the bloke, <laughs> his creativity was good and he would have had two goals were it not for the excellence of Aldershot's goalkeeper who saved his two best saves for Lee's efforts. So yeah, Lee was terrific, I thought. And then up front, the two strikers were tremendous. Palmer would be, again, like Lee, so frustrated not to have got a goal. Ironically, the one part of Palmer's game that wasn't exemplary was close-range finishing. Although he did do well in the build-up to the Jones goal, and he did as well, flick the ball on nicely for Mullen, so he got an assist. Uh, but Palmer was excellent, again, his awareness of what was going on around him, his physical presence, you know. Big centre-backs like Phillips and Cordner bouncing off him. He's a... He's a 
he's a heck of a, a, a full package as an attacking player, Palmer. And Mullen alongside him, so sharp, so threatening, so alert, his moving, his running, his desire to get shots off, his aware of where other players are. He's a brilliant combination, Mullen, in the sense that he's all good strikers like that rack up the goals, and he's got 49 for Wrexham now, and 17 this season already. They have to be selfish. They've got to be selfish. But he does tend to have very good awareness of what's around him, and he will lay the ball off and when he's in a good position if he sees someone better. Let's not talk about the Notts County game. Because uh, <laughs> apart from that one, that's one of the features of his play. He was terrific, and that goal, creme de la creme. We made Muller man of the match in the commentary, and I kind of agree with it, and I said, I, I was I had the casting vote in the end, and also don't agree with it. There were four or five performances so high quality that I, I'm, I'm finding it hard to, to separate them. Mullen, Palmer, McFadgen, Lee, Hayden and Young all over and above. And, and to be fair, people like Tozer did nothing wrong. It was an impressive performance. Off the bench, uh, yeah, O'Connor didn't have long to impress, but it looked good. Dolby had even less time to impress, but looked lively. And this was terrific. Have a look on, on the Wrexham Anorak article and just just have a, a, a deep bath for a moment in how good our home form is. We've won every home game this season. We are on a run in the league, which is quite phenomenal. Just have a look at it. It is remarkable what we're doing at the race course. And we're top of the league again, which is great. So... Watch out for AAA, of course, because that's always epic. And this one, I'm sure, will be fun because there's lots of good stuff to capture. Watch out as well in the week. Dragonheart's coming to you on Wednesday when we will conclude our series talking about the troubles Wrexham had before the fans took over. Of course, there'll be other good stuff coming up. Because of the midweek games, I've had a couple of weeks off putting up greatest games, but they'll be coming back on Thursday. And then it's the Cup again on Saturday remember live commentary on Wrexham player and all that other lovely stuff that you enjoy so much please subscribe like do all those things put in a review and help to boost us up more and more the figures I've got to say from uh, our podcasts are really so pleasing at the moment it's brilliant to get such an expanded audience so spread the good word let more people know that Wrexham football club kind of a bit fun to follow at the moment with the final score of Wrexham 2, Aldershot Town 0, I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.